is the devil in Washington? Satan who? You know what? I'm just about tired of all the things that are happening right now. The latest is this big hoopla with Nancy Pelosi. Boy, is she a bat. Batty. Trying to act like she's all schooled or schooling everybody on the 25th Amendment. Let's just learn about the 25th Amendment together. And then I'm going to share with you some things that might blow the socks off your feet. So you might as well make sure your shoes are tied unless you want to be barefoot by the end of this podcast. All right. The 25th Amendment. It has four sections. And it has to do with what is needed to be done in the event that the president of the United States needs to be replaced. The first section is pretty cut and dry. If the president is removed or he dies or he resigns, the vice president becomes the president. Well, right now that would be Mike Pence. Section two says, whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority of both houses of Congress. Okay, so if something happened to Mike Pence, then the president, which right now is Donald Trump, would go through this part of the process in order to have a vice president to fulfill the role of Section 1 if something happened to the president. Now let's look at Section 3. Whenever the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that he's unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. So I guess that's similar uh, to what we've just read, or at least the first section in that the vice president is going to act as president uh, in the event that something happens with the president where he decides he's not able. Maybe he's uh, sick. Um, I don't know, some extraordinary situation. Now, here's the one that Nancy Pelosi I believe is concentrating on, and I want to dissect this a little bit. This is section four. Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress oh, oh, may by law provide, transmit to the president pro, pro tempore of the Senate, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. So in other words, if the president exhibits psychological derangement, I'm using a little bit of a hyperbole to make a point. In other words, he's not able to function properly and that's detected by significant people as outlined in what I just read, then they can begin the process of possibly removing him 
and then the vice president, which right now is President Mike Pence, would act as president for the time being. Then it goes on and says, Thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either of the principal officers of the executive department or of such other bodies Congress may by law provide transmit within four days to the president pro tempore of the Senate Speaker of the House Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. So in other words, if the president, uh, let's just say, I'm making up something obviously, let's just say the president uh, falls and has a concussion and for five days he's out of it. But somebody's got to be president during those five days. Well then, the vice president would be the next in line. Then, though, if after five days he recovers from his concussion and he decides, I'm able now to proceed, then the process can be reversed unless there's an objection with uh, the, the uh, dignitaries that I read to you about. Then they can keep that vice president in power for the time being, and keep the president out of power. Thereupon, Congress... Now, this is the rest of uh, the fourth section of the 25th Amendment. Thereupon, Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session. If the Congress, within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration, or if Congress is not in session within 21 days after the Congress is required to assemble, determines by two-thirds vote of the House, both houses that the president's unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall assume the powers and duties of his office. So in other words, if after whatever occurs, I made up that concussion, but if after whatever occurs, occurs, um, and the president thinks he's recovered and he decides to resume, but there's an objection and there's an accusation and then a confirmation or an agreement, a concurrence with the bigger, biggest part of the body of both houses of Congress, then that president is no longer president until and if, uh, I guess they say otherwise, but probably never again, and he shall not resume his duties. The vice president then, of course, would be the president. Okay, now... After that, my understanding is it's the Speaker of the House, and right now that's Nancy Pelosi. So speaking of Nancy Pelosi, she's the one making this big hoopla about this, as if this just now became an issue. So why is it just now an issue if we've had presidents, uh, 45 presidents? Why is it just now an issue? Surely it's been discussed before. Surely there are some among you that know about this, at least vaguely, so why is she making it an issue with about 25 days or so left until the election of the president, which could be either President Donald J. Trump, the incumbent, or Joe Biden, the Democratic candidate? Why? Okay, let me give you a couple of scenarios. Number one, the Democrats and the news media, the deep state and the never-Trumpers have been trying to remove President Trump since before he ever got elected. There's 
so much documentation on this. And But those that have been watching and paying attention have seen it. It's just been a constant thing. It's a wonder he got anything done, but yet he got more done than most presidents ever get done in their first ter term. And that's being conservative with that, with that statement. Amazing. Most would have folded under the pressure by now. But instead, he's going for the second term. So is she going to try to remove him before the election? I don't think so. Well, number one, she can't. There's not enough support for it. But then, on the other hand, she's using it as a pretense to get this up in the consciousness of the American public and in the consciousness of the Congress and the cabinet that exists and or will exist for future, but not far future, near future possibilities, probabilities. I'm going to go ahead and tell you about those in a moment. Now, what happened? President Trump got the coronavirus. So I'm not going to discuss all the different back and forth on that issue, but this is why she's using it as a pretense to bring this up. Because, for instance, if he were to have deteriorated in his health, where he's laying in bed and, and he can't function, he can't, you know, he doesn't feel well enough to function. And in the meantime, the world is going on and decisions have to be made of national significance, then this could come into play. But see, he got better. So that messed, messed her up there. But she's still going to use it because she's acting as if, you know, there's a possibility here that something might happen and he might have a reversal or a setback. And if so, then they'll have this ready to go. Okay, I understand being ready in the event that something happens. That's why the amendment's there in the first place. But you can tell by the manner in which this is being done and the political timing and everything that this is a power play. It's a power play, just like pretty much everything else that Nancy Pelosi has done. Now, here's the next scenario. Okay, this could go two ways. Number one, President Trump wins re-election. Well, there's four more years that something could happen, and she's already questioning his psychological health. Imagine that with Joe Biden being her candidate. Imagine that, which I'll get to Joe Biden in a moment. But then they got four more years of using these different tactics to resist Donald Trump if they can't overthrow him. So that's a coup. That's a coup. Okay. Now, if Joe Biden wins, which God forbid, I don't think he will, but if Joe Biden were to win... Obviously, he already has impairments. He has impairments. All you got to do is watch him for like, I don't know, a day, a week, two weeks, just the last several months. It's obviously he's impaired. His uh, cognitive abilities are uh, deteriorating, and it's obvious that he's a shell and a placeholder for the presidency. They know that. They also know his age. Even if he was in perfect health, statistically it's possible that something could happen to him before his first term is even up. And he is even signaling he doesn't intend to run for two terms already. So 
then they can remove Joe Biden. Now, they don't have to say that now. They just have to make it about Donald Trump. Of course, they haven't even won the election. But if Joe Biden were to win the election, then they could remove him in the event that something happened, as I just described in the 25th Amendment, and Kamala Harris would be your president. But would she be the president? Or would it be somebody else? Would it be an oligarchy like the squad or some combination of Bernie Sanders and his ilk? Who would be behind the scenes? <laughs> that brings me to my final point. And I just couldn't help but think about something that occurred when Barack Obama was president. And I thought it was the movie that Mel Gibson made. And I looked it up and it wasn't. It was not his movie. Instead, it was a History Channel uh, miniseries, I think, that was made. And it was about the Bible. It was a 10-hour television miniseries. It looks like here this article I'm looking at is dated March 17, 2013. And in the miniseries, there was an actor that looked, you know, he had a hoodie on or had a hood, not a hoodie, probably wouldn't be called a hoodie back then, but he did have a hood on his head. So you could see his face kind of peeking out under the hood. The name of the actor uh, is Mehdi Ozani. Mehdi Ozani. I'm sure my pronunciation is not the best. And I think he was, or maybe still is, I don't even know if he's still alive, a highly acclaimed Moroccan actor. He played Satan in a clip or two of the movie. And during that time, people saw his face and began to surmise he looked an awful lot like the then president. So it created quite a... <laughs> As you can imagine, it created quite a stir because, you know, Twitter was already uh, a thing in social media. And I guess you could say it went viral. So the History Channel had to issue a disclaimer, as did um, the wonderful folks that made the miniseries. I think a couple of Christian producers uh, right now, their names are not coming to me. But I'm trying to, to find their names really quickly. But some of you are familiar with this miniseries. It's amazing how much time has come and gone since then. So I'm looking at the picture and I'm going, you know what? Yeah. Okay, so so what, Rick? Just a coincidence. Okay, maybe it was just a coincidence. But I want to ask you this. What is going on in politics? And I haven't even begun to tell you the game plan and the scenarios that the Democrats have already decided, if this happens, we're going to do this. If this happens, we're going to do that. If that happens, we're going to do the other. They've got four or five scenarios that they have a strategy for so that they can get the presidency other than actually winning it in uh, 
the Electoral College. And of course, they're going to get rid of the Electoral College. If they, if they win it and they have the majority of the Senate, they're going to change, fundamentally change America. Now, this is where I wanted to arrive. I didn't even know for sure until I got here. I wanted to use that term, fundamentally change America. Who said that first? I don't know if there was a person that said it before, but I know for a fact that when Barack Obama was running for presidency and he said, just a few more days, these are my words, and we will fundamentally change this nation, fundamentally change this nation. So two terms, and he did. He began to lay out fundamental changes, but he couldn't finish in two terms. And so Hillary was going to go ahead and do that. But of course, who stepped in? Donald J. Trump. Now, they still see how they can implement their socialist agenda. Oh, and it's vile. We'll get into it in other podcasts. If... Joe Biden is elected, and then Kamala Harris becomes president. But the question is, will she be president? Did you know that Barack Obama, as far as I know, this is what I've heard recently, took up residence in Washington, D.C.? As far as I know, every other president, at least in recent times, has left the, left the uh, area. But apparently... He took up residence there and began an activist effort. And Michelle, his wife, was on video the other day stirring up racial animosity in the pretense of speaking out against it. And it was so fake, so obvious. So maybe this wasn't a coincidence that happened in the Bible series. Oh, somebody might get mad at me. Because really, is there any coincidences in life? I mean, things happen, but if there's something going on in the spiritual arena, maybe a lot of the things we call coincidences are not. So, finally, the question is, if Joe Biden's not in power, if he were to win, and then Kamala Harris was not really in power, if she were to succeed him as the vice president according to the 25th Amendment, then who is in power? What role does a former president play who can't have another term? Or could he go ahead and have his legacy cemented in the annals of American history which really then would not be America at all. Wow. What's going on in Washington, D.C.? I just want you to think about it. Now, we believe that God is on the throne and there's time left for the church. But the church, the people that profess to be saved and Christians, need to quit acting like They've got all the time in the world. They need to get out of this social gospel. They need to get out of this mealy mouth, greasy gray, sloppy agape, false doctrine, heretical, 
full of error pontificating and get back to Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which is lost. And when he does that, he sanctifies us and he wants us to be holy like him. Father, in Jesus' name, let your people wake up and do your will. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prophetic Angle right here on your podcast platform. Remember, we're on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, and several other platforms. Now go to YouTube, speaking of Google, and watch the Prophetic Angle YouTube channel. Comment, like, share, and keep coming back and pray for the outreach of the Prophetic Angle. God bless.